0: I want to thank all of you for subscribing to the podcast and listening to episode one we have almost 100 plays already thank you i have to take episode one down for a short period of time due to some technical issues but to make up for that we're going to have two guests this week starting today today's episode features one of the most charismatic teachers around mr david obney now this guy's been teaching in talmage for over 25 years and in those 25 years, he has helped hundreds of students pursue their dream in performing arts. You're going to enjoy this episode, and you will hear in his voice his love for his family, his passion for his craft, and his commitment to his students. He is just one of the amazing teachers that we have here in Tallmadge City Schools. So sit back and enjoy our second interview on Between Two Blue Devils. Here we are, live with our second podcast of Between Two Blue Devils. So uh, I'm going to apologize ahead of time on my um, lack of ability to publish a second podcast on time because I got struck with the flu on Friday, so I had to take off a little bit early. So we are doing a special edition today on Monday uh, with one of our very special teachers, Uh, Mr. David Obney. Let's give it up for Mr. Obney. So you have a lot of extra guests here today who want, want to hear a little bit more about who you are. So I'm going to open up with that question. Mr. Obney, tell us who you are, what you teach, how long you've been teaching, a little bit about your family.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm David Obney, and I have been teaching at Talmadge High School for 25 years. Well, this is my 25th year. Um, I started off as a freshman English teacher and uh, eventually taught, like, some freshmen and and then some sophomores. Once upon a time, we had a class called Film as Literature, and I also taught, you know, that class. In in my career, I started and coached a speech and debate team here for 10, I think 10 years. And, uh, we were, we, we were good. Like we were good. We were really competitive. So it was, it was no, it was a lot of fun. And I, um, something else I did in the past was I started the battle of the bands and that was when we were at the old high school and we did it. So we were in the cafeteria. So if you can imagine like the old high school, so we did it in the cafeteria and we had two stage setups. And we would get like a dynamic actor to host it. Um, One one year was Pat Vilhaver. I don't know if you remember him. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember that 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 battle. He could have been on SNL, man. For real. He was so funny. But uh, maybe he's listening. Pat, continue to pursue that. Oh, you remember that battle? I do remember that battle. Yeah. So we would have we'd have two stage setups. Amps just cranked up really super hot in there because it was in the spring and it would be super hot just trying to paint the picture really hot really loud the administrators were always super freaked out about it so I had to make sure that there were two cops on duty Uh, at least for the first one first couple there had to be two cops and then we had to pay for one officer to be on duty because I don't know teenagers small space lots of people lots of loud music (laughs) hard music yeah it makes adults nervous so
0: so I remember one of those battle of the bands where we had a band called Ill Vision yeah. that played. Do you remember that one? Oh, I remember them. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Do you do you recall much about that band? Uh, no. There's well, a lot of there was a lot of bands from the past. Well, so. Ill Vision was Red Sun Rising before Red Sun Rising. Oh that was right. Prodigy yeah, band. that was Prodigy's band. Yeah. Right.
1: When he was Total Screamo. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know right. And I um, was st- <laughs> and somewhere you know somewhere you probably do too, but somewhere I have a stack of CDs with thirty different Talmadge based bands from like early two thousand early to mid two thousand mid two thousand what are we now twenty twenty? So like I think late nineties to into the almost the mid two thousands. So
0: if you were to look back on all those Battle of the bands, is there a particular performance that really
1: kind of still stands out to you? Um let me think. I always really liked Fresh Bee and the Ghetto Horn Dogs. Uh, <laughs> I know, hilarious, yeah. hilarious. Name. We need some context here. <laughs> yeah, so so Fresh Bee and the Ghetto Horn Dogs. There was they were a trio. It was Brian Kammerer, Joe Perkins, and was it was it Regis Duffy? And, and uh, yeah, Regis played in another band too. And those three, and no, maybe it wasn't Regis. I just I remember. Oh no, Eric. Sorry, Eric Uricky. It was Eric Uricky, okay. Brian Kammerer, and um, and Joe Perkins. And I always thought it was super interesting because Joe was an all suburban linebacker. So he's super athletic, he who's also super artistic, and I love that about him. And Brian was um, Brian was super creative. Like he, he wrote a novel after high school that was one of the best, honestly one of the best novels I've ever read. Really? Yeah, it was. It, he was such a good writer. Um, but those three, those three were really I th- always thought were really like really good. Uh, well, then of course, Yuriki is now. Oh yeah, and Eric Eric Uricke runs the Speed Bumps, and they're a regional band. They tour the They tour the world. Yeah. I mean, he's made a living off of that band. Like it's pretty full, awesome. Yeah,
0: full time. So it is amazing the number of artists who have come from Talmadge. Oh my! Whether gosh. they're acting, writing, performing, and uh, music,
1: it's it's an unbelievable number. Pa- Paul Barthlett and I used to talk about how there needs to be a documentary shot on the. Music scene, especially that stretch of time, the music scene at Talmadge was un- unbelievable, mm. unbelievable. Those kids, like like Ryan, I had um, when when Prodic and, and and when Ryan, um, oh, I'm trying to blank. the kid the, the guitarist yeah, from Ryan Williams. Team, Ryan Williams, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So Ryan was in my we had a when I, when I did the speech and debate team. We had a class for a while. It was a forensics class, and he was in there. And Ryan, um, I remember Ryan was a junior. He was 17 years old. He's like, yeah. So I go out, I go out to these bars in Akron and play in my uncle's band. I was like, your, your parents are okay with that? He's like, yeah, they, they're fine with it. It's kind of on the down low because I'm not supposed to be 17, only 17 and yeah. playing these bands. But I remember he was playing bands out you know, when he was in high school. Yeah,
0: I was uh, reminiscing with my wife not long ago about this where I, I don't know how many bands I went to the outpost and watched while they were in high school just to support yeah. the kids just to go watch these kids who are unbelievable talents play a lot so, of them are still out there playing yeah which is it's pretty awesome yeah. so you are involved in the arts yourself right. uh it seems like every time i pull up any social media platform you and your family are heavily involved in something performance related tell us a little bit about how you i mean what,
1: what are you doing outside of school what are you passionate about outside of school Well, outside of school, I'm passionate about these uh, amazing side jobs that I I can make some money. For one. like So, um, I I DJ weddings on the weekends. And I I probably do, this summer I'm going to do 25 weddings. So, roughly every Saturday between May and October. Is that your own business or did you Uh, you work for somebody else? I I get subcontracted out through a company called A Bride's DJ. Okay. So, they do all the legwork, all the contract stuff. And then... Um, it's kind of like a matchmaking service for brides and grooms looking for a DJ when they okay. come to that company. They get a feel for the client and then match them up with a DJ that they think is the best fit for what they're right. looking for. So I mean, that's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, I do some acting and modeling on the side, um, some stage acting, not so much. It was, it's been a year since I've done that, but um, being a dad <laughs> <laughs> of three sons, it's, it's hard to have a lot of time. Yeah, for real.
0: You know, especially. So, well, tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us about your kids and, and your wife.
1: Well, uh, okay, so uh, my wife is amazing. Um, she. Uh, He's saying so, that with all sincerity. Yeah, he doesn't Have no, to say that in case she listens to this. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, we've been. We we well we've had it's I won't go into it but it's been a really interesting it, interesting journey our relationship but um, we got married in 2016 and we have a 5-year-old son together uh, Xander and so he will be starting kindergarten here next year nice. which is crazy to me and um, so she just she just found out this is really awesome so she's in a they're, they're probably tired of hearing me talk about my wife. Um, my she is an incredible performer. Like she is such a good singer, and she can sing any genre from opera to I mean, she kills pop and rock and country. She's so you gotta hear her sing Led Zeppelin. Oh my god, she's so maybe good. maybe the next battle of the band. She, Uh, At her peak had a five octave range. Um, She doesn't now because exercising your voice and everything, but she's just incredible. So she is going to be fronting a band. Really, uh, for the first time in like six years, and this band is really tight. They can play anything. Okay, so they basically told her, um, "We want you to be the star. We'll play. We can play anything, and literally, they can, and we will play anything. We just want you to be the driving force." All right, nice. So, yeah, that's that's really exciting. Um, so we've been married since 2016. She is the director of national. I always have to think of this title. The director of national and international talent development at Pro Model and Talent Management. Okay. And so she works with all their talent and develops their their models, their actors, and helps develop their singers. Uh, she does vocal lessons, she has I'm just gonna keep going on and on about my wife. Um, she has an MFA in acting from the Oslo. We're scoring Cons- some major points right now, Mr. Ah uh, man, she, she's, going to be she's gonna be embarrassed to it over she and over. She can't listen. She'll be so embarrassed and- that I'm like talking like this <laughs> about her because she's not. But she has an MFA from the Oslo Conservatory. Um, she's been she's trained with the Royal Shakespeare Company. The I can't even I can't even just remember everything, but she's performed around the world, toured with some big names. That's I mean, aw- she's, she's incredible. So I'm, I'm really excited about her. Well, one um, of the things the that I, yeah one of the things
0: I appreciate so much about her uh, is the fact that she comes in here so often to help you help our kids. And I see that all the time, yeah. you know, whether live here in any of our performances, or I see a lot of that on social yeah. media where you're posting how she's coming in and she's just kind of inserted herself right into the lives of all of our artists Here at the uh, at the high school and help them further their career, which I think
1: is well, it's neat. I I have this great opportunity because teaching the career program that I'm teaching, the the school has given me the freedom and flexibility to to just teach, and so you the what I have to teach, I it cannot, I can, but. It's so hard, like they want me to, I'm teaching stagecraft, I'm teaching design and construction, squeezing English into all of it, teaching acting performance, script analysis and acting. It's a lot for one human being, especially to help all of my students, like, to try to help them level up. Because, you know, I'll, so like, you know I'll have like Billy and Spencer and they're, they've got these aspirations. They wanna like, they're like, well, I'm gonna audition for conservatories and a BFA program. I'm like, okay. So like that's, uh, in sports that would be akin to, like I wanna go start as a freshman playing D1 maybe. Okay. Some, you know, something yeah. like that, right? So okay, I gotta help you, I'm gonna help you achieve that. And then some students walk in and they've never acted and they are so uh, so lucky to even speak in front of the class. I mean, I'm, spe- I'm thinking of specific students, I'm not exaggerating, so I have that entire spectrum. But I'm, I'm like, how do I help all of them? Or I'll have somebody walk in and go, well, I'm here for the tech. I'm not an actor, but I wanna, I wanna do light board someday. I wanna be a lighting designer. I'm like, okay, great. It's like, how do I help you? So I just have this attitude that I know something, you know, I know, I know some things. Um, I think I have some expertise, but like, I, I wanna help them really understand. So I, I bring in experts that are, uh, way better than me in certain areas, all, as much as I can to help the students learn.
0: So I, I kind of want to come back to that point right there, but before I bring something up, let me ask you this, what inspired you to become a teacher?
1: What inspired me? Well, I i have to say, I have two other sons too, so I'm not trying to—I'm not trying to forget about Dylan and Tyler. Well, we're Tyler. just kind of going everywhere. No, I know. I know but, uh, so Dylan we're is. Come a, back to those guys. All right. Don't so, worry. so we got Dylan and Tyler too. I haven't forgotten about you guys. But um, what inspired me to be a teacher? So, from fifth grade, I remember it was fifth grade. I was going to be a pediatrician. Um, because number one, this is just truth. Number one, money. It was like, how am I going to make a lot of money? I could be a doctor. Okay, I'll be a doctor. What kind of doctor do I want to be? I like. I think I would like working with kids. Okay, so I'm going to be a pediatrician. And that was all I pretty much thought about. And I, I took Latin in high school. And I... Um, yeah, that's worth a while from the crowd. Yeah, because be back then it was like, you're going to med school, you're taking Latin. So I started off high school taking Latin. After my second year of Latin, I was like... Well, I pretty much cheated my entire way through the second year of Latin. Not proud of it, but I was so lost and not trying to get caught up. So that was a red <laughs> flag. And then, <laughs> right? And then, uh, algebra two was oh. roughish. But I ended up with a C overall, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to med school, a C in algebra two is not going to cut it. So I actually, I actually took it over in summer school. Yeah, I got a C in a class. I can't believe it. I, can't. I got a C in a class. So I was well, like, I need to take this in summer school and relearn it. So I took it at Central Howard, yeah. And it was super easy the second time around. I was like, okay, I understand this stuff. And then junior year came around in chemistry. And yeah, well, that, yeah, I, I believe you because it's hard. But this was back in the day when the first step was, you need to memorize the periodic table of elements. Like, who does that? Uh, Terry Samples at Norton High School in 1989. That's who was making us do that. You're not bitter or anything, are you? No, but I get it because that was way back in the day when it was like, Uh, You're not going to walk around with information in your pocket all the time, so you got to memorize this stuff. And I just want to be like, hey, we have information in our pockets all the time. So, no, memorization is good, but that was um, something that I, how do I say, wasn't disciplined enough to really nail down. So I got behind early in chemistry, and if you get behind early in chemistry, you know what a struggle that is. So I had to cheat my way through... Um, I like, I probably shouldn't be saying this stuff, but cheated my way through half of chemistry with programmable calculator that the dude in front of me would like show me like formulas and stuff. So... Getting um, real here on the podcast. Hey, yeah. we do
0: not suggest any of these methods either, just as so, a, an addendum. So,
1: so then my senior year, it was trig and analytics for the first semester, trig for the first semester, analytics second semester. So Trig, I got, a, I got an A, in fact, I got all A's my first semester of my senior year, one of two times I ever did that, which is why I remember it. <laughs> two times in high school, college, it was all the time, but uh, it was. Um, but uh, tr- in Trig, I got an A the first nine weeks, and then I failed the second nine weeks because I decided to cheat on a major test. And my method of cheating was I just won't turn it in, but I'll slide it into his pile of papers the next day. <laughs> so yeah, not smart. When he passed out all the tests, it was Mr. Traxler, and he, his nickname was like we—I shouldn't say this—he was very. We called him a turtle, like Turtle Traxler, because he was very like low key, very mellow. Like if you could imagine, like kind of the complete opposite of of me, just very <coughs> mellow all the time. And he was older, and he was passing out these tests, and he just put mine on my my desk and it said, zero, see me after class. Oh, I was boy. like, okay. So I was like, so I'm supposed to see you after class. And he looked at me, he goes, you cheated. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I did, I did. So I actually failed that nine weeks is the only F I ever got in school and uh, And just in passing, like that semester, since the first semester of my senior year, somebody was like, Oh, I I, I don't know why this never occurred to me, but somebody goes, Oh, med school. Well, that's all math and science. And I was like, (laughs) Yeah, time to switch gears. (laughs) I'm not analyzing poetry and like. Telling stories? Wait, what? It's all math and science. That really hit hard. I was like, oh, God, that's like a wake-up call. It is all math and science. And then they were like, yeah, I mean, you pretty much either choose biology or chemistry, and it's a ton of math. I was like, how much math? Minimum, at least, like, calc level. And I was like, oh, my, no. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Because after analytics, I I, I was like, I'm done with math. I mean, I was so done with math because I realized that math and science don't make me happy. In fact, they make me completely miserable in my life, you
0: know? So So I I feel you there because I struggled with math, and you got a C. You were lucky to get a C. The first time I took college algebra, I got an F. Then the second time I took college algebra, I got an F. And then... Well, this
1: was high school.
0: No, that was college. So (laughs) you were in high school. Well, I did the same thing in high school as well, but then... I met my wife, who was a math major. Oh. Yeah, so uh, There you there go. A, yeah, I got to spend a lot of time with her, and she tutored me <laughs> and helped me through the third time, but I, I kind of, I, <laughs> I felt the same way, you know, you, you start plowing through these different classes, and you start to find out, okay, I don't like that, you know, what am I passionate about, why should I go into different areas? And you ended up being a a very effective teacher. So, for time's sake, just kind of like tell us, you know, what prompted you to become a teacher then?
1: So, I I have a brother who's nine years younger than I. And when he was really young, he played soccer, you know, probably started at like four or five years old. And I I, I played a little bit of soccer. Like, I I was on this travel team and and I was um, a goalie on this travel team. But then they found out we had a kid who was too old, so they busted us down the wreck. And we were just. Dude, there were times, where there were game after game where the other team wouldn't get it past midfield. It was stupid. Like, so I would come way out of the box. Like, it was the easiest goalie job ever. I don't even know if they needed a goalie. Like, honestly. So I would help my little brother's team, and I really, and just helping him around the house and stuff, I, I just really embodied, like, understood that I really liked helping people. And so phone call, it was like January, my senior year, my best friend's like, hey, I'm going to OU and I finally figured out I'm gonna gonna major in English. I was like, you mean to teach it? He goes, well, no, I'm not gonna teach it. I'm probably just gonna go to law school. Then after that, I was like, but then I realized what I heard myself say, like teaching English, like that Hmm. was it. Because I realized everything that I'd loved in school, it was always social studies and language arts yeah. because stories were involved, yeah. you know? And I, and I realized, and I was the kid who like, I liked to write poetry and, um, you know, I, I sang in bands, sang in bands and wrote lyrics and stuff. So I was like, man, this makes sense. I, I was on stage all the time in high school, you know, on the speech team, I was, I was a class clown. You would have hated me in class, <laughs> totally hated me, but I was always like trying to cut up. And, and so I realized like, that's, that's where I need to be. You know, it just hit me. So let me ask you this, uh, because we are running out of time.
0: So I'm going to go through these quickly here for you. Um, What would you say would be your most memorable moment
1: as a teacher? Um, My most memorable moment as a teacher? I I mean, I don't know. There's so many of them. Um, I'll probably you probably want me to come up with some inspirational story or something, which I could. But honestly, the first day I ever taught ever, I was in Kay Frank's class because we were I was a traveling teacher. And they had these desks, like some of them were like this with the four legs, but then some up front didn't have those, like the ones in the black box, you know? So that you, they, like, so I'm like walking around, you know, cool, like teaching, you know, trying to teach and sitting on a desk once in a while. And so I went to sit on one of those desks and bam, the, the desk kicked out from <laughs> under me. I hit the floor real hard. Uh, you know, th- this freshman class, English class is like laughing at me, which is understandable. I think... Yeah, uh, and the desks got tangled up. So it was like, I'm trying to act all like, yeah, you know, whatever. It was like, and trying to untangle these. There's no these quick these recovery. Desks. No, it was. So uh, I guess that was pretty memorable. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I know that you have lots of memorable events, uh, and there's lots of kids that you are impacting on a daily basis. Um, even this weekend, uh, and he doesn't know I'm going to tell you this, but he sent me a text uh, bragging about Spencer. And bragging about the fact that he got accepted into a college and he received a scholarship. Uh, and the number of, of kids who come through your classes that receive money. And I, I said you know, I just kinda thought about that after you sent that text. The lives that are being changed to a lot of them wouldn't have had an opportunity to go to college if it weren't for your flexibility and your willingness to say, all right, well, how can I teach you? And, and then kind of embracing that lifelong learning mentality where I don't know how to teach that craft, but I'm gonna learn about it and then I'm gonna bring in other people. A lot of people don't do that in their classroom. You know, They kind of think they're the, the master of their domain and they're not gonna work that way for kids. Uh, but that shows your heart and your love and your passion. Um, I'm gonna go through these quickly here for you. Uh, these are quick hitters. What would you say would be the most influential book you ever read?
1: Oh man, it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be um, hero with a thousand, F- hero with a thousand faces. The hero with a thousand faces, the Joseph Campbell book. Okay, quick synopsis. It's, oh man, uh, quick quick synopsis of Joseph Campbell. <laughs> so uh, long story short, uh, follow your bliss. Um, if you answer the call to adventure. I mean, he analyzes it through mythology, but honestly, I I really do believe it. It's a great metaphor for life. You're gonna have this moment in life when you feel called to do something, this nagging desire, it it keeps you up at night. Once in a while, it taps you in the back of the head. Hey, you should should play guitar, you should play guitar, you should play guitar, be an actor, whatever it is. Uh, Be a doctor and just feel this like calling. And if you answer that call to adventure, this journey will unfold. That is just a, a remarkable journey, and it'll be completely unexpected. And so many of those people find, you know, find success and happiness. Well, follow your blisses. Uh, that.
0: That is actually, I can tell that that book's had an impact on you because so many <laughs> of your students that I've had have either had that, said that to me as their quote, or they've talked about or alluded to it.
1: Lexi um, just left, but she's Lexi Stewart. She's got a tattooed on her. Oh, really? It's on her, yeah, she's got a tattooed on her leg. She just, what, a couple months ago yeah, okay. got that tattooed, yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think you guys, you kids need to understand that you've got to listen to what it is that you've been called to do because you're gonna spend the rest of your life doing something. It's gotta be something that you love to do. Mr. Obney and I, we love coming to school. We love being with you guys. Uh, we, I don't dread coming to school. As a matter of fact, I dread not being able to come to school. It took everything in my effort to not stay the whole day on Friday, you know, because we love what we've been called to do and we love to be around you.
1: Uh, so w- would you say that's your life quote? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, they, they, they probably get tired of me saying it. I mean, the, the, I don't know. I just remember being in high school and feeling like so many adults were like so, there was so much pressure to do what they thought we should do. Well, even if you have a talent, a teacher's got to learn to like, be like, you can only push somebody so far. At some point, it's like you realize this is your life. But also, I feel like, especially with the arts, there's this mistake. It needs to be demystified because people think like well you can't make a career in the arts but you've been playing baseball your entire life and you just want to keep playing until everybody tells you you can stop right well that's what a lot of us in the arts want to do and if we could make a career of it that'd be like making a career playing baseball doesn't that sound amazing and like people do it yeah right somebody's got to do it so why can't it be you
0: and it's that that kind of truth that you're speaking into kids you know to pursue your dreams and you're inspiring them um that's awesome it is it is awesome to watch you do what you do uh
1: you got to tell us about your two boys your other two boys all right real quickly yeah real quickly so uh dylan's a sophomore at stowe and um tyler is a an eighth grader here at at talmadge middle school so he'll be up here next year can't wait so that'll be fun (laughs) and Uh, uh i you know they're just uh teenage boys so, a lot of, lot of video games and athletics and now jobs and whatever else. Well. <laughs> <laughs> whatever what else is else going you, on with teenagers. Yeah,
0: yeah, those teenage boys. Yeah. Well, it, you're, both of your boys are awesome, and I loved being able to coach Tyler, uh, who um, is just an unbelievable young man. And he has got his own career going in the acting world as well. So, last question before we finish this. If there's one piece of advice that you would give everybody here, what would it be?
1: Take control of your life. You know, uh, when you hit that legal age, especially, I'm not telling you like just do whatever you want, but at the same time, start doing what you want and start leaving toxic people behind, whatever label they might have. And uh, be grateful and look forward to doing what it is that you really, really, really wanna do. Because it goes, time goes so fast and life is way too short. And you know adults in your life that, well, I hope not, but probably who are miserable with their career. And, you know, I should have done this, I should have done that, don't let that be you because you, you don't know how your journey is going to unfold. And the reason you don't know is because you can't see it and you can't see it because you haven't done it yet. It's irrational to think that you can absolutely predict your path. So you have to take that leap of faith, follow your passion and, and do what it is that, you know, that you've been, you're being called to do regardless of what anybody else says, it's a blessing to have support from people. But I have had students who have not had that support from parents who've decided, you know what, I'm, I'm still taking control of my life. And their parents eventually got it. Because when you see your kid happy and passionately pursuing something, how can you not be on board with that? Yeah. So when you talked about those toxic people in your lives, we, you know, we
0: spoke uh, a while ago about how you're the sum total of the five people you hang out with the most. And you have to surround yourself with people who are going to push you to become the best version of yourself. If you don't have those people around you who are encouraging you to pursue your goals and your dreams, and they're the ones, you know, they're the energy vampires who are sucking the life out of you, then make the difficult decision now to cut them out. All right, leave them behind and surround yourself with people like Mr. Obney, who believes in you and will push you to become the best possible version. yourself out there so we thank you uh you are an incredible educator you Uh, you are an inspiration to me Uh, and that's why i'm so happy that you're on here because i think other listeners are going to be equally inspired by you your passion for kids your love for kids uh, and the fact that you have made yourself available and i can personally say i can't even begin to count how many kids who've come in here and have said that just the relationship with mr obney has actually saved their life. That they were thinking things uh, that were quite negative until they had class with Mr. Obney and he spoke truth and positivity into them, and they walked out of his class completely different. So it is truly an honor to have you as our second guest. Thank you. On Between Blue Two Blue Devils. In the yeah. back of my mind, I'm thinking, that would be a nice time to have like a good song yeah. or whatever, but that's where we're gonna cut it off. Give it up for our guest.